This is Viterbi Voices, the podcast, your chance to hear stories about research, classes, student life, and more directly from our faculty, students, and other members of the engineering community here at the University of Southern California. This is episode 40 with Liam and Alicia from Code the Change, a student organization that uses computer science to make a social impact. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and stay tuned for more episodes coming soon. Welcome back into Viterbi Voices. This is episode 40. 40. We hit the four zero the mark. Big four zero. It's a milestone. <laughs> yeah, it was an over the hill party we're going to have. <laughs> some black balloons and uh, gravestones for this episode. Uh, episode 40. We are back at it again with some of, with one of our student organizations. And this one, we are uh, discussing a relatively new addition to our student organization pantheon called Code the Change. Uh, Alex, what is Code the Change? Code the Change is a student org. Um, it's really cool. It takes people who are interested uh, in computer science and coding and, and applying um, the, you know, the the ideas of tech into making a social impact. Right. And so this organization works uh, with nonprofits uh, and other organizations that are are making impacts uh, in different areas, uh, whether it be healthcare. Um, we talked about uh, this app called or this company. You're not a company. It's that's what I'm trying to get by. Is it's not. It's you know, not, company, not working yeah. for companies. It's this organization called Good Shepherd, right. um, which seeks to place uh, victims of domestic violence into shelters. Uh, and so, Code the Change actually worked. Uh, one of their earlier um, projects was working on uh, an interface to, you know, accurately. Uh, Put, uh, you know, place these victims into a, a you know, d- domestic violence shelter. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of uh, hurdles that you kind of have to get over in that process uh, and being able to incorporate tech uh, and computer science uh, is really able to, you know, yeah. allow them to solve that problem. Yeah, it's a super cool organization. Uh, Alex just talked about one of the projects that they've worked on, but Code the Change is essentially the, this this student-run nonprofit organization that seeks um, uh, input for ideas and problems that are in the local community that need some sort of programming or platform development to help them further their cause. Good Shepherd being one of those things. Are also working for some some uh, arenas in digital health, and it's just a super cool organization. Liam and Alicia uh, sit down with us and discuss how the organization. Uh, came about and how they got started here at USC in the last couple of years and some of the projects that they work on. And I think it's just a super cool new organization. They're still kind of, you know, working out some of the kinks as to how they work on projects, but they're also seeking uh, new applications. So if there are nonprofit organizations or community organizations that are in the area looking for some sort of computer science or programming help, we have a team of students that is, is actively seeking those types of projects and they are trying to figure out how to build an organization and make it even stronger here at USC. So Code the Change is a fantastic opportunity for our computer science students, but also they take other students, but it's mostly computer science students that are using their computer science skills, uh, to create real and, um, uh, Real and, 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 and local impact in the, in the social community, which I think is just a, an awesome, awesome opportunity. Um, so this, uh, this episode is going up, uh, probably, the, the December 3rd or 4th. Yeah. Early December. Yeah. Early December weekend. Um, which would be that the application deadline has just passed for merit based uh, scholarship consideration, uh, which was December 1st. If you missed the application deadline of December 1st, don't worry. You have not 
missed your opportunity to apply to USC. Um, the final application deadline is January 15th, so you can get your application in as soon as possible, but the final, 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 final deadline is January 15th. Uh, if you are uh, applying as a transfer student, meaning that you've already graduated from high school and have attended some sort of uh, college or university, even if it's just for a course or two after graduating, then you are considered a transfer student, and the transfer application deadline is February 1st, and that is coming up in the next couple months. So more information on all of our application deadlines are at viterbiadmission.usc.edu. That's Viterbi Admission, uh, which is no S, so it's A-D-M-I-S-S-I-O-N.usc.edu. And uh, more stuff is there along with uh, other cool things, including the, the student profiles at Viterbi Voices that Alex and a lot of his friends uh, contribute to at viterbivoices.usc.edu. So lots of cool stuff online for you to check out. Anything else we want to talk about? No, I guess it's it. Yeah, you're, you're, off, you're, you're going my, off the My brain is mush right now, yeah. <laughs> You know, projects, finals, it's all coming to an end, but Nothing. going, going you're, into the last semester you're as an undergrad. Down. You're winding so. down and going into your very last semester as yeah. an undergrad at USC. It's weird. Yeah, and football season's over. Well, it's regular bowl season. season. It's only yeah. get a bowl. Hopefully the Rose Bowl. Yeah, at time of recording, we do not know what it's going to be, but probably when this goes up, it's probably being announced that day. Yeah. So right we, we don't know what bowl we're in, but it is a possibility. that Fingers crossed. Bowl. Yeah. Of course, it's always good that the the Pac-12 champions, whoever they are, we know that they lost to USC. <laughs> it's a definite fact that uh, one of them likely is the only the only game they lost at all was to USC. It's kind of a big deal. It Turn our season deal. around. It is a it's big deal. It's been a fun one. It was a fun one. There's a lot of fun one. And that game against Notre Dame was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Well, let's hand it off to uh, Liam and Alicia to talk about Code the Change. Come on in. Hey, how's it going, bud? Liam, Paul, good to see you. Hi. Alicia. Alicia, nice to meet you. Go ahead and have a seat. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Good. Welcome to our fancy recording studio. Yeah, this thing's cool. It's very... It's pretty legit. It's, it's legit. Yeah, these are for you in case you guys want that. Uh, and then I'm just going to ask you to squeeze in a little bit closer um, and kind of be as oh. near to each other as you possibly can. <laughs> I know, it's, it's, it's weird. Um, but uh, that's that's your space. You should be fine. You shouldn't have to worry too much about it as long as you guys are relatively near each other. Um, welcome to the podcast. Uh, why don't we start off with uh, helping our listeners know a little bit more about each of you individually who you are where you're from those types of things yeah, sure. um so i got to usc in 2013 and um so i'm a senior now uh, i'm gonna be graduating in may and i grew up in brooklyn new york um got here as an environmental engineering major and switched out of that after a semester and instead did computer science um you moved from environmental to computer science yeah okay which is cool. a pretty strange shift that's okay uh, <laughs> i thought it was cool i took programming classes in high school and stuff so okay yeah um, I'm also a senior, and I actually entered as a mechanical engineer, but I switched during orientation. Mm-hmm. I think. So you never really were a mechanical no, engineer? No, I never yeah. really was. So you're a computer scientist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't have any computer science background prior. It was more of just my mom being like, I think you'll like it because you like math. And I was like, I'm going to just go for it and find out. Cool. And then I ended up really liking it. So that's why I'm still pursuing it now. What year are you? I'm sorry. Senior as well. A senior as well. Do you know what you're doing? Yeah, I'll be working at a company called Gusto. It's Gusto. M- it's more of a mid-stage company right now. Okay. But I think what I'm really excited about is to see like that level of growth 
What is what is it? It's like so. What they do is basically create、um, enterprise software. So it's like payroll and health benefits, but it's more geared towards smaller size companies because stuff like ADP or what a lot of companies use is much more expensive.、Mm-hmm. So they're gearing towards like companies that are usually just like ten employees. Cool. Good That's、stuff. the、uh, software I use to get my paycheck. Oh really? Yeah, really? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that! The world <laughs> comes together. There、yeah. it is. Very cool. Good stuff.、Yeah. Uh, and where are you from? Uh, I'm from Arcadia. Arcadia, okay, so locally. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Now you guys are here because、uh, to to tell us a little bit more about Code the Change,、uh, and、yeah. this is a really interesting group. And Liam, I know you you co-founded it, correct?、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what Code the Change does? Sure.、Um, so Code the Change was an idea conceived by a guy named Sam King up at Stanford、um, while he was in school as an undergrad, and so he started this organization. It's now national. It has a bunch of different chapters,、um, but in sophomore year, me and my friend. Uh, Bernie thought that it'd be cool to start one at USC, and so the basic premise is that Code the Change、um, provides opportunities for computer science students to hack on or work on、uh, software projects, primarily for nonprofits, but more broadly with the goal of like allowing computer science students to work on things that have some sort of social impact or social mission. So that's very broadly defined, but. Um, usually, it means building software for nonprofits. That's cool. Yeah, I yeah. think your website says "code the change you want to see." Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I like that. Very cool. And what kind of work are you guys doing? So、uh, we've had a bunch of projects, but right now we have two、uh, going on right now.、Um, one is for an organization called Chrysalis.、Um, they provide, among other things, transitional employment opportunities、um, for homeless or for individuals who don't have a、um, complete work record, and they essentially allow them to gain employment. That will then、um, further allow them to gain employment in the future, or develop professional skills that will allow them to gain employment in the future,、um, so that they can break the cycle of poverty or of homelessness and gain stable employment long term. Cool.、Um, and so they operate on this matching system where they have potential employers and people who need to be employed, and they do this all in Excel right now. Oh. So、uh, <laughs> we're trying to build some sort of matching software、um, that allows them to more easily kind of translate between the two groups, what the needs and Um, resources are of the two. That's cool. To speed up the efficiency of that. That's really、and、cool. Do you want to speak a little more to that? Yeah, because I'm currently working on that project. Okay. And basically,、um, one of their biggest bottlenecks is just like figuring out the times of each potential employee. Employee. So basically, what they do now is that everyone calls in and leaves a voicemail of their availability, and then someone who. And how many total people are they working with? Probably about a hundred each 100 week. Each so week. then, like. On Monday morning, someone from Chrysalis listens to all these voicemails and then like inputs all these hours before、Amazing. figuring out like how to match. So that's the first bottleneck that we're trying to fix right now, which we describe as like our MVP or like minimum viable product.、Mm-hmm. So that's what we're trying to build right now, where it's just like an input form just to make that a lot easier instead of like having to listen to voicemails. Hey y'all! Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link/visit. That's v-i-t-e-r-b-i.link/visit, where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities. Opportunities to do it, and it's happening all summer long. But get your registration in now at viterbi.link/visit. 
Hope to see you soon. Yeah. Cool. And so we also have one other project team, um, which is collaborating with the Digital Health Lab here at USC. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is also in collaboration with a group called the Center for Health and Justice. It's downtown uh, by Union Station. They basically um, provide resources for uh, people coming out of jail that have a variety of health problems and so need special resources um, in addition to those provided default um, by the state or by the system or whatever um, coming out of jail. And so they'll direct those people to resources. But again, they have a bottleneck where they have an office and they have a phone line. um, And so they'll meet with people who come to their office proactively or they'll talk to people who call them on the phone. Um, but there isn't really much accessibility beyond that for these people. So they've observed that a lot of people who are coming out of jail actually have smartphones and have Facebook accounts and know how to, you know, get on Facebook or, you know, at least get um, service for SMS. So they wanted to build kind of a chatbot interface, which would allow people to um, access resources that they could provide information about on the phone or in person, um, but instead just have it be an automated system so they can easily get access to that without having to, um, necessarily speak to CHJ or come to CHJ. Wow. And so how far along are you in that, in that process? In so that I believe they've, the way we've designed it, it's like a, essentially like a decision tree. So you yeah. give, uh, you, they'll say something and we give a response based on that. Um, so they've designed the structure of the tree and the database and they're building the messenger interface, um, for the web app, which is going to be like the first way you can access this chatbot. Um, then they're going to move on to Facebook messenger and I think then implement like an SMS. Uh, interface for it too that's cool yeah how do these projects get going i mean like where does chrysalis come from where does this the this other project come on like do you guys go find them like tell me a little bit more about how your your organization operates i understand you're working on these projects but yeah in general so um the first batch of projects we had um was through a professor named adlai wortman who's over in the business school Mm -hmm. and he is um the social entrepreneurship yeah exactly the director of the birmingham social enterprise lab and so uh, me and Bernie talked to him about, you know, this idea and how we could get it off the ground. And um, he basically, you know, sent emails out to a bunch of nonprofit organizations who then sent applications to us, um, which we, like, wrote a bunch of questions for. Okay. Um, and that was kind of how we got our first round of projects. And then through that... So people applied into you? Yeah, exactly. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. Just because we wanted to have a sense of, like, what they needed and yeah. whether they had a really no, good sense. sense. Um, and then after that, we basically kind of used the... Um, pseudo portfolio we had developed from that as well as like some referrals through professors or just cold emailing organizations or you know I talked to some people at the internship I've been at since May mm-hmm. about this which is how I've gone in touch with dHealth um, digital health yeah and so it's kind of been a scattershot approach but a combination of cold emails referrals and just research that's great yeah and so in total your organization's got two projects going right now or are there others just the two just the two okay that's good well it's definitely a lot of work just on its own yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't want to <laughs> i don't want to minimize it as just the just two, two yeah. but that's but that's on top of all of your other work that you're doing exactly that's really cool um and how many people are in code the change so right now i think it's around 23 23 23 people okay yeah. cool good stuff and all computer science majors or um, for the most part, um, yeah. we've got, I think, some business majors as well as um, people in Roski who mm-hmm. work as designers on the team. Okay. And I think there's one person in uh, cinematic arts. Well. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Good yeah. stuff. And so do you anticipate wrapping up? The, uh, are these essentially your two projects for the year or is it just the semester? Um, do you want to speak to the timeline? and like? I think they're primarily year long just okay. because we realized that 
a semester is what we initially tried, but that wasn't you enough can't get time it down semester, with no. like no. midterms and finals. Like that easily clogs up like a lot of our space and time. So it's extended now to you. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and you guys are doing this entirely separate from your curriculum. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And so I think a lot of our, our listeners don't understand that concept because we have a lot of high school students, right? Sure. And so they, they always ask like, Oh, what kind of classes will I take that will do this stuff? I'm like, well, yes, but you'll also have all these other opportunities. Can you explain to, to think of your high school selves? How would you explain yourself to a high school, to your high school like, self? Why am I doing this? <laughs> like, well, why are you doing it? How, why do, how are you doing it? And how is your day structured? Right. Cause we remember back in, in high school and even some of our first year students, cause we get a lot of, we get a lot of freshmen that listen to this as well. Yeah. Um, they're still, they're still trying to figure out their daily lives, right? Totally, Cause high school yeah. is to- so structured. Totally. And so you guys are obviously totally chill, got it figured out. You're working hard, but you're relaxing and you're doing extra stuff as well. Mm-hmm. H- how do you get from that to this? Like transition wise? Help, help. See if you can talk to yourself back in your senior year in high school. Like what, what do you, how, how do you handle your projects? Like what do you, what do you do? What, do, what is your daily lives like? What are your daily lives like? <clears throat> well, I feel like classes are a lot more flexible in college because there isn't that time from like eight to three. Mm-hmm. So that really helps because you have a lot of time. It's actually a lot more time than you think because um, there's a lot of freedom to just explore whatever you want. And then it also helps that we have meetings for CDC. So then those are designated times to work. But definitely a lot of it is also just like working on it on your own. And I guess with that, that's a lot more of just accountability and just being responsible. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I mean, I think we make it so, make it so that it's manageable um, yeah. because – you know, we'll, we'll kind of practice standard um, like agile software development where you break everything you have to do down into very small tasks and then you kind of try to complete those within a week or within two weeks. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is just about setting kind of reasonable expectations and time management. And then, like you said, finding those slots in your day, which you might not expect to be there, but are there. That's kind of like my question is going to be, you know, I have this vision of you know, coding the change and <laughs> computer science and, and like hacking it all together, yeah. like you said. Uh, and then you said you guys have meetings and designated time to get, thing, get things done. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, can you kind of paint a picture of what getting these projects done and how working on this looks like? Sure. Uh, you know, are you all in a room, like on your computers, like going to town, yeah. you know, cranking out some code, or is it kind of <laughs> like a hackathon? In yeah, exactly. Or is yeah. it kind of something where, you know, like you said, you can be a little more flexible and go back and forth, you know, hit something there, hit something, you know, when you have free time. Yeah. You want to speak to that? So um, we have project managers who really help us in terms of just um, mapping this out and figuring out what we should do every two weeks because we have two-week sprints. So basically every two weeks we have, like, certain goals and deadlines that we try to reach. And then um, I guess for the actual work so we have meetings as a whole club so with everyone for both teams Mm -hmm. and then we also have our own um meetings just for our specific projects where we do try to do a lot more work together because it's a lot more beneficial if we try to help each other while we're all there versus doing it on your own but definitely you still are flexible to just like work on it at your own pace you don't necessarily have to come to these meetings but they're just a lot more beneficial and I guess it's not really like a we're hacking away at it type of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot more lax and just like figuring yeah. it out together, yeah, I would say. yeah. It's kind of like hanging out. Like, I mean, 
when I was on, I'm not on a project team right now, but when I was on one last semester, we'd like work in a variety of places. Like we'd work in like at school, sure. But then we'd work at like people's houses and just hang out. And so, you know, I think it's cool also because being in college, since this isn't like a, it's not a, um, a job per se, like it's, it's a chance to also just like hang out with your friends while you work on these projects. And so you get close to people through the process of like hanging out in someone's living room. It's like a very casual work environment. Yeah, totally. How often do you meet with your, for lack of a better term, your clients? So, um, I think the project managers will try to check in with them on a weekly basis. So we try to make it so that the point of contact between clients and, um, the teams is the PM. Like it would be again Mm -hmm. in like a real world project. Mm -hmm. Um, whether that's between like a PM and a user or a PM and like a client. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So on a weekly basis, pretty much. What's the hardest thing about managing these types of projects without any type of faculty or lack, lack of a better term, adult supervision? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this peer leadership model that, that everyone works on. I think yeah. one of the biggest issues is like accountability, especially because like school is your priority and not necessarily this organization. So sometimes delivering can be hard. And having to adjust to everyone's different schedule constantly, mm-hmm. I think that's probably one of our main problems. Yeah, totally. Like, if you don't have a, a grade hanging over your head, it's a lot harder, I guess, to incentivize someone to put it, mm-hmm. you know, again into their schedule around everything else. Um, but I think there's also sort of an intrinsic motivation with a lot of this stuff where you have people who are interested in the technical side of the projects, and so they'll put time in for that. And also interested in, like, the mission of whatever they're trying to work on. Right. And so I think both of those things in conjunction with, like, again, being able to just meet people and hang out with your friends and talk about this stuff. Yeah. Kind of incentivizes people to make the time. I guess that's kind of what I was getting at earlier with my with my horribly framed question before. But <laughs> this idea of, like, high school students do things because they put it on a resume. You guys yeah. do things because you're actually just trying to do stuff. Yeah. And, and it's just that's different than what you experienced in high school, right? Totally, yeah. I feel like for me, like college was a process of moving from the structure of high school where it's kind of a list of things I should do Mm -hmm. to like through a kind of self-discovery and self-exploration, like learning what I want to do, Mm -hmm. what I care about doing, and Mm -hmm. then kind of aligning slowly what I spend my time on with that. Yeah. So to speak to that some more, because there's so many opportunities and you have such limited time that you really need to pick and choose what you really care about. Instead of just doing it because you think it'll look good, because I think that's really a waste of your time and energy because you only have so much and college is only four years. So Mm -hmm. you really should make the most of it pursuing what you enjoy. So given that this was founded two years ago here on campus. Yeah, roughly two years years ago. ago, um, What other project have you worked on besides these these two? So um, do you want to talk about our first project? <laughs> you can talk about Okay, that. I'll talk about our first project. <laughs> Does that so, mean that it went well? Like, it, was, it, was it, was a, it was a rough It was a rough first go. A rough first it's okay, yeah. You know, yeah. It's the first time. You can get the kinks out. Yeah, I mean, we definitely tried to start small. So we didn't um, work with any like official organizations at the start because we didn't want to make some egregious error like working with a real nonprofit. You don't so. want to burn any bridges or like set, <laughs> yeah. set your, uh, your reputation out there too exactly. much. So it's like, oh, we're going to come up with our own idea, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so we didn't actually come up with, uh, an idea entirely by ourselves, but we did work with, um, other students, but they were master's students. Oh, okay. So we worked with, um, some masters of education students who had done this pitch for like, um, some, I think it was like Annenberg's like crunch innovation okay. pitch something. Um, and so they had pitched this idea, which is basically that you have a lot of students in LA who could benefit from a variety of college prep resources that are geared specifically maybe towards um, English as a second language students or lower income students 
um, with regard to things, everything from like SAT prep to preparing for the FAFSA um, and like navigating the whole process as complex as it can be. And, but the resources are not always very visible. And so the main like limitation to accessing those resources is knowing about them, being able to filter them by your needs and being mm. able to know like, how do I physically get to them? Um, kind of planning out the logistics of that. So the app was conceived as like an interface where you'd have a map, you'd be able to map out these resources, you'd have tags on them to like filter them by category, and then um, you just have like a search function. Hmm. And so we put all that together roughly in an interface. There are some hiccups along the way. Um, you know, we passed the project off and it kind of um, petered out after that. Um, it wasn't really like implemented, but uh, it was a really good learning process. Neat. Um, yeah. Very really cool. cool. Very cool. Um, and so last year, do you want to talk about Good Shepherd? Yeah. So Good Shepherd is the largest domestic violence shelter in LA. Oh. And um, so they came to us with a problem and a solution. One of their problems is going from a victim to the actual shelter. So the first responder, what they do basically is call every single shelter and like, are you available? Do you have availability? It's like a victim. There's a victim and they're trying to find a shelter. Got it. Okay. So then they just call all these shelters and it's not a very efficient process to have to call all of them. And especially if they say like, no, we don't. So you just have to keep going down this list. So we built um, like a search functionality and basically it takes in like their age, other information and like any other restrictions, like if uh, they allow pets or if they have children, that sort of stuff, because that take that's taken into account for the shelters because mm-hmm. those have certain restrictions. Mm-hmm. So basically, you can just search through that and see all the ones that are available, and you can just call them right there, and it'll be like a much higher likelihood that they will be open or have availability for you. And that's running now? Uh, yeah, so the two projects from last year... I- do you want to speak to the handoff process for Good Shepherd? So we're slowly in the it. process of handing it off. We're still trying to, like, fully deploy it right now. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's another thing that's been a little hard is, like, trying to finish up last year's project as well as kicking off the new ones. Mm-hmm. So that's why the time division has been a little, diff- been a yeah. little difficult, yeah. Because, yeah. um, like, what we realize is it's not just, like, you build it and then you're done. Right. It's, like, you build it and then there's all these problems and, like, you fix those and then there's other ones and maybe updated requirements like good shepherd asked for a whole set of features yeah like that were not originally part of the, the project they um, wanted like a whole admin part of it so like an admin user can basically approve or like deny any sort of user request like if they're trying to create a new user a new shelter all those things yeah so yeah so yeah because i've worked I, I i worked a little bit as a stakeholder I don't remember my title. I can't remember. Uh, anyways, I'm in these computer in Jeff Miller's class. Oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. Whatever that is, four ninety five. I can't remember what it is. Um, and what I've noticed is that the development process is really strong, but the handoff process is where everything falls apart. Mm-hmm. And I am struggling with trying to figure out how to fix that. And the only thing the only thing I'm dealing with right now is taking one project from one semester. And saying the second semester would be a whole handoff process. Like that's its own project in and of itself. Um, do you guys think that maybe you could figure out a way to like graduate your users or your, your teams into like these development phases? Like these are the developers and then these are like the, the, the finishers or these are the ones that are like hmm. implementers in the third semester or the fourth semester or whatever it's going to be. I don't know. I'm just throwing out the idea. That's but. a cool idea. Yeah. I think, I think definitely over time, like 
our timeline for the projects and the stages of them will change and become more refined based on what we learn like yeah. every year. Yeah. Um, I would imagine though that the same people who built it would be the ones to right. pass it off because they have the best understanding of the project and can kind of address any curveballs or issues that arise. Yeah, because also the there's the long term like hosting and maintenance of that type of thing. Right. Because Good Shepherd doesn't get any use out of it unless it's actually there for them for years. Yeah. And yeah. that's the hard part, uh, which I know is a, it's an infrastructure problem too. Of where are you going to host? How are you going to fund that hosting? Uh, any type of downtime? And because the, the ability to make that helpful is, is really hard. Yeah. Uh, these are these are huge problems. I don't expect to have answers to them right now, but th- that's a um, <laughs> that's something that I'm dealing with too. And I, I'm curious whether uh, you've talked to Jeff Miller about that because you know they're always yeah. looking for projects too, and that could be a way to actually bring in a course credit element and decode the change as well. That would be really cool. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff Miller, if you're listening, <laughs> I'd love to talk to you. But yeah, yeah definitely. Because this, this idea of like you know making actual you know tangible results with with projects is what every computer science student wants to do and every faculty member in computer science wants you to do and everybody wants to see happen um, but it's also it's a, it's a hard problem to solve um, development is one thing um, making something work is something entirely different totally. Um, that's really really cool though that's really really cool i think we need another organization to figure out hosting of these projects yeah <laughs> host the change mm-hmm. <laughs> Just pass it off to them. <laughs> well, i mean one of the things we're trying to work on right now is like so both me and Alicia are going to be graduating, and so we want to figure out, like, you know, how do we maintain a connection to the organization or mm-hmm. provide mentorship or whatever as we graduate? And, you know, as slowly there are more and more alumni of the organization. So potentially, if alumni are down, mm-hmm. they could be the hosters of the change. <laughs> hosters it's, another, the change. it's another handoff process you always got to deal with. Yeah. When you graduate. Yeah, everyone yeah, else yeah, has yeah, got to take it over. Yeah. Especially, it's your baby, pretty much, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you got the leadership transition. But I'm, I feel really solid about the people who are in it. So I think it'll all go smoothly. How was that recruitment process? How does that kind of go over? Um, so we did recruitment a few. Like in the beginning, it was super informal. Like I knew some people, Bernie knew some people, and we kind of just like brought them all together, and whoever was interested joined up, and then. We tried to do it a little more structured in the fall of last year. So um, we had applications and we asked people to send resumes. And then we had like, you know, Google style interviews with like algorithm questions. Um, And that worked pretty well. I think, though, what we realized is that the main um, thing you get from that is finding out really who people are and like how much they're motivated more than how much they know, because like they're going to learn as we work. Um, But what really matters is like that intrinsic motivation and like, kind of uh, compatibility with the team, mm-hmm. like personally. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, our recruitment process kind of is more focused around that now. I think that's a really important kind of aspect to hit on. A, a lot of people coming in to college from high school think, you know, I need to have all of this either on my resume or have these skills. Yeah. Uh, I got a question the other week, you know, what should I do over my last summer you know, before college to prepare <laughs> myself. And yeah, exactly. It's exactly what I said. Relax, you know, have some yeah. fun, enjoy your summer. Um, like you said, it, it's about how passionate you are about it and how you're going to interact with people, not necessarily yeah. exactly what you know. And what I kind of want to tie that into is how are your members, how do you kind of uh, assess their passion for nonprofits um, and, and these organizations and the, these other companies that you're working for um, and is that something that either of you or some of your other members uh, tend to go on maybe after graduation or, or work in that kind of sector as well? Um, 
Yeah, do you want to speak to that at all? Um, in terms of gauging it, we do have, like, during our interview process, aside from just, like, the technical portion, there's also more of, like, a behavioral portion just to see, like, who you are, what do you care about. Mm-hmm. And from there, that's how we try to gauge it a little better. Um, and then what was the other part of your question? Like, is that something, yeah, obviously, working with oh, nonprofits in that kind of area, is that something that either of you have any either of you have any interest or do other, any of your members kind of show particular interest of doing that outside of COVID change. Hey everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. I don't know about nonprofits specifically, but I think social impact is definitely at the forefront of a lot of people's minds. Like um, one of the developers, he's going to be interning at Code Academy because he's really passionate about like education. And then um, there's Christine's working at somewhere that does very similar work to what we did for Good Shepherd. She was one of our designers there. Oh, yeah. She's working on um, police software. Yeah. So basically like wow. crime tracking software. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Um, so. Yeah. But I think that, like, yeah, so, like, education technology and maybe, like, security and um, some of these things could be under the umbrella of, like, socially impactful technology. But I think also there's – and, like, some, like, government tech, although that's more in terms of, like, sabbaticals from tech companies to government. But I think that ideally, like, um, by having students be exposed to these kinds of projects, that's, I think, an auxiliary or, like, a complementary goal of the club is not just to – produce these projects, but also to allow students to kind of encounter ways in which the concepts and skills they're learning could be applied to, um, you know, the social sector in ways they might not have imagined. And then ideally um, that, you know, kindles or further fosters an interest in that kind of thing after college. But I think it's difficult to discover like an organization out there that does work for nonprofits technically, or does work for social impact technically, because I think a lot of technology companies that's not their primary focus. They may have arms that do that. But right. most of the time, traditional tech is in consumer apps or in infrastructure or in finance or kind of in these things. So, right. Yeah. And also the, 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 the stereotypical computer science student these days is so much about like, you know, startups. I'm going to make a business. I'm going to make the next million yeah. dollar idea. Um, but what we find in our students and also people that are applying in is that they just want to do something cool. Totally. They want to make some sort of difference. And, um, coding for some sort of social impact is, is a big, is a big deal. And I think that there, that's a big wave. I mean, not only just with computer science, but with all of our majors here, this idea of like trying to do something for the good, for lack of a better term. Um, and you know, our administration has a lot of stuff that goes along with that, not only with social entrepreneurship, like from the Marshall school, but we have our, the men family challenge as well. I don't know if you guys are thought about entering into that or, or even encouraging your members to do that. But Definitely, yeah. That's where you get your ideas and take it forward to see if you can do some sort of social entrepreneurship startup to, to make some, 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 good, uh, some good change out there. Where do you see your organization going after you leave it? I mean, I know that's part of your challenge is that you're trying to figure <laughs> out, but where do you want it to go? Damn. That's a really big question. It is a big question. Um, I think in the most idealistic view of it, um, 
Code the Change kind of expands, becomes like a really solid presence on campus. I mean, sustainability is kind of the first thing. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't disappear in a year. That's like the baseline. And then beyond that, I think um, if it can just become more well known and um, recognized, maybe integrated into classes, like you said, or have at least more students participating in it, um, opening up kind of different kinds of uh, volunteer opportunities. So I know, for example, there's um, like a Teens Exploring Technology. Uh, there's an organization called Teens Exploring Technology around here, which hosts uh, yearly hackathons mm -hmm. um, for kids in the community that basically teach them basic concepts of coding. So mm -hmm. there's a variety of ways that we could expand volunteerism in the club. And then I think also, um, again, with that alumni base, you know, I think things get interesting when you have a large group of alumni who all are kind of into this kind of work yeah. and want to figure out how to apply their skills through towards some social good and are in industry and actually are capable so I think that the organization beyond a student organization could also be an alumni organization at some point mm. and could, you know, do volunteer projects or maybe, you know, produce startups or something like that um, in the most grand, you know, vision of things. That's cool. Uh, yeah. And do you see yourself or getting new projects coming along the bo coming along the line for next year? Would do you take applications? Are you still taking applications? How do you see your projects growing? next year so i think we're starting that up right now we're just doing like preliminary research right now okay. um but we won't probably know till midsummer you know who our potential applicants are okay. because it's a long process of kind of going back and forth and figuring out who's out there what they need etc do you have ideas of places that you're gonna be in contact with already or are you looking for people to submit to you so we're definitely looking for you know whoever whoever's out there and listening right. and interesting. <laughs> but also um i think that you know, we might be interested in working in, again, with digital health, because um, I know that they're working on a variety of projects mm -hmm. that are kind of in the vein of what we've done, um, potentially working with the same organizations we've worked with in the past again, hmm. um, because that shores up the relationship and kind of involves the maintenance portion that you talked about as well. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. You know what I'd like to see, and that's something that just struck me interesting, is that our, our most recent episode that we just put up was uh, Lava Lab. Hmm. And... Uh, it strikes me the similarities that I keep hearing with your guys' structure to Lava Lab. Because basically the, the, the two organizations are you're, you're creating your own structure. You're creating your own start point. You're trying to figure out your milestones, the project management, the deliverables. And Lava Lab has this curriculum that we learned about in the last episode. Um, if you guys aren't already, I think you you're, the, the leadership of Lava Lab and you guys should definitely talk. Just to compare notes, mm -hmm. just to like, what do you do? What do we do? And think about how, from an incoming student's perspective, a student just wants to work on something and they want some sort of structure. How can your two organizations and maybe others work to figure out some sort of streamlined process to get more people engaged in Lava Lab, Code the Change, other, other computer science organizations that are just looking to get more projects? Totally. Um, I have a feeling that you guys might be, the more you work together, the more you can actually get more stuff done. Um, and also figure out that end process that we were talking about with handing something off. Totally. That might be really interesting to see. Totally. Yeah. We have some people who are in Lava Lab too. Mm -hmm. Like Binet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's really interesting. They, they, I didn't know a lot about how Lava Lab structured till the last mm -hmm. conversation that we had. But they have this like year-long curriculum and then they stay on and work on other things. Um, and I think that's the interesting part about what you guys do is that you, you guys, you guys fill a different gap altogether, which is really, really cool. Sure. Um, but I can see some really cool stuff happening if you guys just start talking. Totally. 
I think that um, developing a curriculum is a huge challenge yeah. because people are already stretched thin by projects. So devoting the time to teaching other people is like no. a whole other talk. Oh, I don't even think you should develop a curriculum, but it would be interesting to see how their timelines are structured. Sure. And, and figure out if you think of it again from a prospective student standpoint, like they just, or, or a new student standpoint, they just want to get into something and do something. And so how can you start sharing your resources? Because they're getting applications and they turn people down. True. Because um, they've got that vibe of like, you know, not they do, but they, they ride the wave of the vibe of like, I just want to be in a startup organization. I hear that's what Lava Lab does. Yeah, totally. But what they really want to do without ever articulating it is they just want to work on something. Yeah, totally. And you guys could use that, I think, uh, really, really well and also figure out how to um, learn something from them. Anyway, um, cool. Well, this is really, really cool. Um, you guys are doing really, really great work. And congratulations on everything that you've done so far. Thanks. I wish you the best of luck in trying to figure out that next step and also uh, transitioning the leadership off to, to new people. Um, anything else, Alex, you want to talk about? No, I, I think that's great. I, I really like the whole social impact that you guys really emphasize on. Because um, <clears throat> Paul, drawing uh, similarities to Lava Lab, I think that, like, like you said, a lot of companies have these, you know, their main focus might not be social impact in a certain area, and they have arms. I see you guys as that arm, you know, through a student org um, to allow someone who wants to combine their interest, you know, more of a tech area of coding, um, you know, with a passion for, for making that impact. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, good job. Very cool. Anything else you guys want to plug or talk about before hmm. you get out of here? We're going to have a new website going up. Are you? So check that out. It's going to be ctcusc.com. Ctcusc.com. Dot com. Okay. Yeah. Cool. When, when should people look for that? Probably in the next month. Okay. And all of our information about like applying to the club, applying for to be a you know to work with us as a client, um, all that stuff's going to be on there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Good stuff. So if anyone, any organizations are out there looking to get some some programmers to work, that's that's an awesome resource. Exactly. Well, fantastic, guys. Thanks so much for coming in. I wish you the best of luck. Yeah, no and good luck on finals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, finals are coming up next week. <laughs> all right. We'll see you guys. Thanks. Awesome. All right.